This is Design Safe Radio, where natural hazards researchers strive to make our society more resilient to everything nature throws at us. Call right before this, I was putting uh, together a, a teaching about planning, how to plan well as a team. And one of the things we, we talk about, the key parts of a team is this common background of experience, this ability to language with each other and communicate effectively so that we can have coordinated action that's really effective. And so I, I love that you're doing that uh, with intention with all these different EERs of, hey, when we get back from a reconnaissance event, we share our reports, we, we define our terms where, well, this is what we mean by this, this is what we mean by this, and, and collaborating throughout and sharing what you learn and what, what went well and what didn't go so well. And so that everybody can learn from each other's experience. That's really great. Oh, and I, Dan, that was beautiful how you articulated that need for process as well as I building, we're trying to build exactly what you said, a different kind of infrastructure, what I call a social infrastructure. Yeah. And so one that allows us to do that kind of teamwork, that deep teamwork that you're referring to that, that requires communication, collaboration, connection to one another. And that's what we're really thankful that, again, the NSF has invested in these distinct ERs, but they've also invested in making sure that we can build this infrastructure where we can come together in those kinds of ways. Connection is another term that I want to try this on you because it's another thing that's becoming more and more important with these interdisciplinary teams. And how do you see the importance of what I would say these three things that add up to connection? So authenticity, vulnerability, and trust. How do you see those coming into the scientific connection between these groups? Oh my gosh, and I love those three words, and I think they're all necessary for us in, in all of our relationships, not just our personal, but our professional. And so um, I, I, I think it's a beautiful question. I think that those characteristics that you just named are at the heart of human connection in so many spaces. And I guess I, I will say one of the things that we did we have this, uh, what we call the leadership core that brings together the principal investigators for those seven EERs that I just named, and then also four NERI facilities that are also really support the kind of rapid reconnaissance research that we're uh, addressing through this leadership core. And so that also involves the leaders of the NERI NCO, the rapid facility, um, design safe and then me as the leader of the Converge facility. And so to your question, Dan, what that means is there are all of us in the room who are bringing in different disciplinary languages, perspectives, training, background, research interests. And so one of the things that we always do with the leadership core to try to build that, that authenticity, those relationships, that to be able to show vulnerability is we meet regularly. Um, at all of our meetings, we leave time for not just sort of what's on the agenda and what do we have to accomplish, but also for team building so that we know each other. And I'll give you a specific example. At our very first leadership core meeting, one of the things I ask everybody to do was to bring an artifact, to bring something physical that they could show to the rest of the, the people in the room that they felt demonstrated their leadership style. Ooh. And so that's- <laughs> some of the things that people brought. I mean, truly. Uh, 
Okay, so um, one thing that pops in my mind, Tim Cockerell from Design, who was prepared oh, representing Design Safe with Ellen Rathji, he actually brought a, a tractor, like a, a toy tractor that was his, I think it was his grandchild's oh, like, my. It great. was amazing. And he's he essentially said that um, one of the reasons he brought that was because um, he sees himself, his leadership style is really about trying to cultivate Ooh. It's methodical. It's like plowing a field. So to all my fellow farmers out there, you know what he means. I would have thought he would have brought either a, a glass of beer or like <laughs> uh, a carboy for, for brewing, you know, so, similar vein though. <laughs> uh, I love it. And I think you get at, that could be a whole other thing where people say what they think their leadership style is and then get other people to say. But yeah, so it's doing things like that where, and I've really seen it's just been great because um, I've seen our relationships grow over time and our connections strengthen where as we know each other better, we come to know what we're doing through our NSF funded work yeah. better. And that helps us all to collaborate more. And so Tracy knows to call me if she's seeing something on the ground that it's like, I think this is something that the social science extreme events research network may want to address. Tracy contacts David Frost if it's something that she sees is clearly in the gear, the geotechnical domain. And so again, it's it's having those strong relationships built on trust and authenticity and really listening to each other so we can know what we're doing and, and can do better science and engineering. I think that's one of the things I really appreciate about, about you is, is that you're an expert at creating those environments where uh, people can be vulnerable and where connection is is fostered and, and cultivated. I, re I remember a couple years ago, it was the, uh, the Natural Hazards Workshop in 2019. We had, what, 700 people in the room or something? And it felt like at the end, everyone was one big family. <laughs> it was great. Dan, well, thank you for saying that. And I don't, I don't know if I could ever claim an expert label, but I've definitely um, been very fortunate to be surrounded by people who are really committed to exactly what you just said to trying to draw people in and to again it's just it, it really is rooted in this recognition that none of us can do this alone and what we are facing really is going to take all of us working together and um and so how do we create that context and that culture where we actually can work together and come from a place of mutual respect even if we're mm, different yeah i think is something i always come into the room with and, and again, it's like as a non-engineer, as somebody who's been trained her entire academic life as a social scientist, I come into a room and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm learning so much. And I hope what I can bring into the room is okay. And here's what, here's here's that social science perspective and and uplifting the work of the social science community. Yeah. I think it's part of our job through Converge. Yeah, that's really great. So. You mentioned uh, a little bit of kind of what what, what Tracy and the, the EER groups do. Um, can you give us some examples of like this extreme events reconnaissance of research? What does that look like? Oh, absolutely. And so all of that, what's interesting, again, this has been part of why it's been so powerful working together in the leadership core is that each of the EERs have approached how they do their research, how they've even formed their network in the first place in a slightly different way. And so I'll get I'll give you a couple of concrete examples of that. So with SCR, with the social scientists, we actually put a survey out and asked people if you were a social scientist who studies 
extreme events sign up and we have 1230 people wow. who are in our database around the world who raised their hand and said i'm a social scientist other groups have done different things so for example the near the nearshore extreme events reconnaissance group they started with a series of workshops where they were hmm. really trying to get their leadership group together figure out who was interested and then they eventually put up a survey as well to ask people to join near. And so each group has been slightly different about how they've formed their network. And so that's just one thing I wanted to say, like who is in these groups determines what they do. Um, Steer has this very clear sort of credentialing system where they move from, you do virtual reconnaissance first before you have that chance to move and do the field reconnaissance. With the pandemic, both gear and steer, the geotechnical and structural engineering groups have really moved towards having local researchers get involved in the effort. So that's a lot of context, but it's just to give the listeners a sense of each of these groups are distinct in how we formed our networks, how we operate, um, how we communicate, but we all communicate with each other. So we're constantly sort of learning how do you do those things. Then to your question, Dan, what what are some concrete examples of what have we done as both as specific EERs, but then also as a group? And so in several, over the last couple of years since we've been together as a group, there have been several major disasters that have unfolded, everything from Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico, Hurricane Laura in Louisiana, and many other events where the EERs got involved. And so the groups have done different things like producing reports that then get published on Design Safe, gathering data that gets published on Design Safe. And theme. so a big theme. And so I'm really emphasizing that because I think that's been one of the leaps forward with having these EERs is we also at our center is this shared commitment to once the data is collected and the information's there, trying to get it out to the research community so that it can inform both subsequent investigations or maybe larger, longer term studies, but also so that other researchers can know sort of what's happening on the ground and then build on that. It sounds like previously this would have been, hey, we're gonna publish things in journals or with our own you know, yes. universities or whatever, and it kind of be, it'd be published, but really scattered. Yeah, that that's right. And hopefully what this is doing is helping to bring together sort of the core in the different disciplines, but also allowing us to learn and share across disciplines. And I think we really are seeing this culture shift. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Design Safe Radio. This show is sponsored by the National Science Foundation grant number 1612144. You can subscribe to Design Safe Radio on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. Please leave us a review so we can improve the show. Please also help others find our episodes in iTunes. Thanks for your feedback and support. You can find out more about NARI at designsafe-ci.org, on Facebook at Design Safe Radio, or on Twitter at NARI Design Safe.